What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. Before I come across the table and rip Barry's throat out. Kevin Sherrington. I'm going to say to you what you said to me a while ago. Shut up. Barry Horn. I'm going to bring milk and cookies next week. Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about the Rangers. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the Rangers Ballsy with a Z Podcast. Okay, but this is a bizarro Ballsy Podcast, Rangers. We have... Unlike the others. David Moore in the studio... And Kevin Sherrington, where are you, Kevin? You know, uh, I'm not really sure. Uh, no, I'm out here at Surprise. Surprise. Say, there you uh, go. Yeah, I'm out here at the, at the old ball yard here. The skipper's going to have his have his little sit-down with us a little bit. I may end up missing that, but that'll be okay. They'll be able to carry on without me. Because Evan Grant will be in there. and Because we're missing Evan Grant here, too. Are we? Are, wow, this is, this is unbelievable. We have uh, that's David Moore. Did I introduce you already, David? No. Say hello. No, it is fine. That's yeah. fine. Just go on. So David it, Moore, it, you know, just furniture you are here the today. Worst host in the history of all. <laughs> David da, David Moore uh, is in. He's of course covers, might as well be a potted plant over here. Co- covers the Cowboys, <laughs> and uh, also does a little radio show on the ticket. I think with Robert Wolanski called Intentional Grounding. Uh, is that is that? To my knowledge, that will continue. That will continue in the upcoming year. Yes, as long as Mr. Yeah, w- so you you are, you but, are but, but I could be but I could be like Rex Tillerson. I could just wake <laughs> up one day and see a tweet saying I no longer have a radio show. So I I recognize that could be a reality. Is, is Donald as well. Trump is Donald Trump President Trump running the ticket now? <laughs> he might. So he can take it over at any point, I believe. So Kevin, you've been out. You've been out in. Uh, I wanted to say Thousand Oaks. How how bizarre is that? <laughs> oh my god! You've been oh out. You've gosh. been out of surprise for several days you? now. Um, are you more optimistic or pessimistic now that you've seen the Rangers up close in person about the season? Well, you know, you can't really tell anything from all this out of here. You know, the why are you there? Going. Why are you there? Well, yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, no, they keep score on these games and nobody even pays any attention. I don't even know why they have scoreboards. Uh, you know, nobody cares about any of that. Well, I will say this, that, that what is, um... You know, when when you have as many pitchers that you're running through here as the Rangers are, um, and and you, uh, it, so that makes it difficult to for everybody. It makes it difficult for the pitchers. I mean, who's really you know? Uh, there yesterday they had a split squad and they had Martin Perez throwing uh, in a in a simulated game on a backfield. So they had three different pitchers going yesterday. Um, so it, it's difficult for him to find work for everybody. I will say this. I do think that Bartolo Colon has probably uh, found himself a spot in the rotation, which I am all for because I am all for a good story. And I, I don't care, you know, if they win or they lose, you know, that's not that's not my province. But uh, good stories, I'm all for those. So I think he's probably made the team. He's pitched, you know, very well. It's just amazing to me. He got out there yesterday against the Angels. And, you know, those are some guys who can kind of hit the ball a little bit, 
And he's up there throwing, you know, 86, 87, whatever it is he does. And, uh, and he, the guy's just fearless. Uh, and, and, you know, he was getting people out. If, uh, if he worked a couple innings out there and if, uh, or three, what was it, four innings? Uh, and if it had been for, uh, you know, no more Mazzara botched a, you know, a line drive right at him, uh, had been for that, he would have got, it was, would have been a shutout. So, so, you know, the, and the, the thing is with this new, uh, rotation they're considering. They don't want to call it six man. Don't don't say six man rotation to Jeff Bannister. He gets all upset because I think that's what gets Cole Hamels all upset. Uh, but they're they're going to try something a little bit different here. And at the end of this rotation, some of these guys are, are not going to be working more than a, uh, two times through the lineup. So they're they're talking about four and five innings, and then they'll go to the bullpen. So should we call it a half dozen rotation? Yeah, you know. They, they want to call it five plus one is what they want to call it. Or, you know, uh, you know in, in Tampa Bay, they're doing something completely – they're doing something that's similar. It sounds completely different. They're going with a four-man rotation in Tampa Bay, and in which the, on, the, on the fifth day, then they're just – they're calling it bullpen day. They're just going to empty their bullpen out. So we'll see how that works. Uh, I don't think it's – I don't think it's a coincidence that, that, uh, that the two finalists for the Rangers' job were Kevin Cash who is now the manager in Tampa Bay, and, of course, Jeff Bannister, who got the job. And they are two of the three guys proposing to do something different in baseball this year with their rotations, the Angels being the other one. And the reason the Angels are going with a six-man rotation is purely to try to accommodate Shohei Otani. So uh, we'll, we'll, you know, I, I think that that's, that says a lot about what John Daniels was looking for and a manager, somebody who was going to embrace these new ideas and new concepts, uh, and and, uh, and forging ahead uh, into our our brave future. Uh, so we'll we'll see what they do. Let me ask a quick question: Better shape, Evan Grant, Bartolo Colon? <laughs> you know, I found it entirely hypocritical for Evan Grant to be uh, kind of taking shots at the size of Bartolo Colon. Who who is? Let's just say this: he's a big boy. There's no question about that. But it's not like I mean, CC Sabathia is is humongous, you know. Uh, Bartolo's Bartolo's a big guy, and he's been a big guy for a long time. I don't think that's an issue. But for Evan Grant to be poking fun at anybody's weight, it's just really the height of a hypocrisy. You um, since, since you brought up the uh, pitching rotation, let's let's stay on that a little bit. And uh, Matt Bush, what what his role is going to be? You think this is a good thing as far as settling on, on what's going to happen here going forward? And 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 again, as we work through this pitching rotation, you know, I, how do you how do you reconcile when you don't have much separation in guys and they don't make the most of their opportunity? then you go ahead and give it to the next guy as well. Doesn't that make it more difficult for one or two guys to emerge from that that you want to depend on going forward? Well, David, first of all, I want to say thanks for reading my column today, which I wrote about Matt Bush, and I said that this was a good idea. That was, Dave, that was David Moore, by the way. I was reading it upside down. It was right, it was right here. <laughs> that, that was David Moore. I read your column. Oh, okay. Thanks, Greg. Uh, yeah, that was David. I knew that. I, I guess I'm all confused. Uh, you guys sound so much alike. It, it's unbelievable. <laughs> oh, yeah, thanks for that. Yeah. That was a compliment. Uh, no, I, I think this was a good move for, for Matt Bush to go back. I think there was a, there were several reasons for, for them deciding to do this, and they were all legitimate reasons. One 
is that Matt Bush has got two pitches, basically. He's got, obviously, he's throwing 98 miles an hour. That's a pretty good pitch. Uh, and he got a really good curveball. Uh, but to, to move into the rotation, you've got to have a third pitch. And he was... Been wor- he's been working on a changeup, and he just it just was just going nowhere. Uh, he was uh, he was not able to, to uh, distinguish to make enough distinction in his delivery between his fastball and or he was making too much distinction in his delivery between his fastball and his changeup. So uh, so it, that was one reason. A uh, uh, second reason uh, was because Keone Kella, uh, a very talented uh, reliever, that they were kind of hoping. Might be in the run to be the closer. It's certainly, if not the closer, then he was going to be one of the prime pieces in this bullpen. Has come up with kind of a, a, an uncertain shoulder again. Now, this has been something that's bothered him the last two years, and uh, and I think very wisely, if this is coming up again, then they shouldn't really shouldn't count on him at all. I'm not saying that that, that means he's out of the picture. I'm just saying if you're making plans, you need to go with the worst case scenario, and the worst case scenario might be that he's not going to be ready. Uh, so that that was two reasons right there, and and I just feel like that uh, that that making the decision now was really good. You know that was what uh, Matt said the other day after he got pulled from his start after only four, 43 pitches. He thought he was going to be able to get up to 60, but he threw 20 something pitches in the first inning, 23 uh, 24 in the first inning, and 19 in the second. That was just too many, and, and especially this early in the season, this early in the year. So uh, I think they made the right decision by doing this, going ahead and, and pulling him and putting him back in the in the bullpen. They need as many sure bets as they can get. They don't have very many sure bets right now. I don't I don't think it's really a question so much of who's going to make this team on the pitching staff. I think that's pretty clear. I think they've got in their mind the, the guys are going to make. It's going to be a lot of veterans and, and very few uh, younger guys. Uh, the question is, where is everybody going to go? How does how does the rotation fill out behind Cole Hamels? I mean, I, with the, the uncertainty about Martin Perez's you know injury, of course we we know he got broke his arm, broke his right arm uh, in a bullpen, not not the kind of bullpen he pitches out of, but in the kind of bullpen for real bulls are running around. Um, and they think he could be ready for the opener. They're not sure. Of course, he's not going to be pitching the opener, but it's in the opening rotation. Uh, probably he might miss a turn, uh, but I, I, my guess is now that uh, they, they may decide uh, to make him the number three, and they go since Cole Hamels is going to be the one, and, and instead of throwing left-handers on back-to-back days, they might uh, they might run Matt Moore out there as the number two, and then uh, or not Matt Moore, but but then the, to have uh, well at that point they might even have Cologne up as the number two. I mean, it try to go right uh, left right left right. So it's a uh, it, it's also uh, a, a very big question about how they're going to arrange this uh, rotation. You know, if they really are going to go with this, you know, five plus one, which I think that they will. And then once you get into the bullpen, who's got what role? I mean, they they, they don't have a closer right now. Uh, they they have not identified anybody for that. Uh, I, I wouldn't rule out the possibility, you know, that they that the closer's not here. You know, there there are multiple possibilities here. The guy who might be best suited for that role, uh, as it currently stands, who's not hurt, is Mike Miner, and and he's of course going to be in the rotation. At least that's the plan right now. So uh, there's some there's still a lot, a lot of questions about this pitching staff. Well, speaking of uh, questions on the pitching staff, Tim Tim Lincecum, where where's where's what's the answer? <laughs> 
You know, uh, the plan is for him. He, he won't. I don't, he's probably not going to be ready for the, uh, by the time the you know, when the season rolls around. It just doesn't look like it's going to be right. He's still got to get some things worked out, you know. And uh, but he'll be available pretty soon after that, you know. And, and and the plan is for him to be in the bullpen this year. And I think he probably. I think it's a really good chance he'll make the the team. I mean, they they haven't seen a lot from him so far. But you know, they when they sent the scouts to see him pitch, he was throwing between ninety and ninety two, which is a, a long way from when he was throwing one hundred and one, uh, which was just what how he earned the nickname the freak. I and mean, if you if you stand next to this guy, he is the most unlikely looking pitcher you ever saw in your life. More, I mean, he more unlikely looking than Bartolo Colon. Well, between the two of them, you got the two ends of the extreme. <laughs> yeah, it's a. It's quite a collection they got here of, of sizes and looks of pictures. It's just unbelievable. It's you know, it's a it's a circus of of, of pictures here. But they, but he, I think he's listed at 170 pounds, and there's just no way he weighs that much. I mean, he looks like he weighs 150 pounds, and he's really, and he's wow. probably, and I think he's listed at about a. He's listed at about, uh, I think they list him at 5'11". I'm not sure. He might be that tall. But it's it's really close. So he, such a tiny guy has been able to generate so much talent out of that body. It's unbelievable. So anyway, before he got hurt and had the hip problems, which is really what kind of derailed his career a couple of years ago, um, he was thrown in the 80s. And, you know, uh, he doesn't have the, you know, Bartolo Colon has really exceptional control, and he knows exactly where he's throwing the ball all the time, and that's what, that's what allowed him to, to get away with what he's doing. Tim Lenscombe doesn't have that kind of control, so uh, he, he's going to have to throw the ball a little bit harder to be more successful. So we'll, we'll see. My guess is that he will be on this team, and he will kind of be in that same role that Matt Bush is. They want to have these, what they're calling them, bridge relievers, guys who are going to pitch a couple of innings, uh, when when these starters who at the back end of the rotation are only going to go through the rotation two times, then they would like to bring in one of these guys to pitch for a couple of innings after that, and then you get into the guys who are the setup relievers and, and then the closer. Is, is, is Lincecum skinnier than you? Yes, he is skinnier than me. I'm not, I'm not as skinny as I look. You know, I, I, I'm checking in at about a, 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 a not-so-spelt 185. Wow. So, uh so he's he is skinnier than that. Yeah, I'm I'm telling you, when he walks into the clubhouse, you just think this is somebody's little brother, isn't it? I mean, it, it is it is amazing. And of course, that's one of the reasons why they his other nickname besides the freak is the kid, and that's what he looks like. Well, we spent a lot of time so far on the pitching staff and the unsettled status of it, and I doubt we'll be able to resolve that. So. Let's go to to the everyday players. Uh, anyone there in the in the brief time you've been there to this point stand out, or, or someone that you really uh, notice something where you feel that they're going to uh, have a uh, have a noticeable improvement this upcoming season, or, or, or something to look for uh, in any individuals on, on the everyday players that that catches your attention. Well, you know, the my big complaint with uh, John Daniels when he said that. You know that basically they're considering this. Not only are they having bridge relievers, they're considering this a bridge season. You know, they're trying to. They they realize that they're going to have a hard time. You know, you know, catching up with the with not only the Astros but probably the Angels as well. And uh, so, you know, they they want to play the young guys. Well, my point all along has been 
you're going to play the young guys that you would have played if you'd have had the, the 73 Orioles rotation. I mean, this, you know, Nomar Mazar was going to play in right field, and he's going to play out there most of the time. Shin Su Chu is going to be the DH, and he will play out there occasionally, but Nomar will be out there a lot. Joey Gallo is going to be the first baseman. He's going to play there every day. He's not going to be, he's not going to be playing in the outfield. Uh, he's not going to be playing any third base. I think that's a very good development. I think he needs to stick at that position. He was he showed exceptional ability there. Uh, I thought last year he's really uh, so you really liked him at first. Of, yeah, yeah. He's you know for all the talk about Joey as a hitter, and that's all you, we've ever heard about. And the fact you know they they try to play him at third. I believe he's just too big to play that position. You know, he's just for for coming in on balls, uh, coming in on bunts, balls that are you know, are topped where you have to run and make that sidearm throw. Uh, that's just not the kind of thing that a, a man who is six foot five and weighs 250 pounds should be doing. Uh, but, but the flip side of all that is he's an exceptional athlete for his size. He runs so well, and he, and he has really good instincts. You know, I really think if you just line them all up, all the players out here, he might be their best outfielder. I mean, he just he, because he covers so much ground, he's he's fast, he's very instinctive in the outfield. But you just don't want a guy that size running around out there all the time. I think that's one of the things that led to the kind of the early demise of Josh Hamilton's career. Uh, he's a big man also, and it just that's a lot of pounding running around in the outfield for somebody that size. And Joey really showed exceptional uh, acclimation, I thought, to first base last year. He just really seemed to get it. He offers such a huge target for these guys, and uh, and and you know, and, and and let's face it, sometimes with this infield, they need a really good target. Uh, you know, Mitch Moreland won a Gold Glove over there at first base, and and Adrian Beltre said, you know, uh, I, I there's no question in my mind that he he's made me a better infielder because just of the the fact that he's digging out all these throws and and, and catching these throws I'm making. So I think that Joey playing at first is, is, a, is a great thing. And then, of course, the other thing is Ruki Odor at second. You know, we've, we've heard about the, the new approach and how he's going to try to, uh, to, to go up there and looking for his pitch instead of just waiting away at whatever they offer. Well, that's had some, you know, mixed results. Uh, I don't have his numbers here in front of me. He has struck out a lot this spring. Uh, I don't see him chasing the same kinds of pitches where he, he was last year. I just think, though, that there's there's no way in the world you can make a judgment this spring about how he's going to do over the course of a season because we have seen periods where Odor will be pretty good and he's not chasing pitches and he's very successful, and then all of a sudden he he, he starts to do it and it gets worse and worse and worse. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. I'll have to be convinced uh, that he's going to make that kind of improvement at second base. I'll say this. I don't think he could go any worse than he did last year. That was a historically bad offensive production from him last year. So if we're looking for anything that's going to be different from this team, the only thing that I see that's going to be possibly different, besides the fact that the Lionel Shields is going to be the center field, everyday center fielder, and he's going to, and he's going to bat lead off every day, which I think is – the, the batting leadoff thing is a, is a great development. He really makes a difference at the top of that lineup. It, it's phenomenal. I think that if, if over the next five years he was their center fielder, which I don't think is going to happen because uh, Leody Tavares will probably be playing up here by the end. Hopefully. But if he did, he'd, hmm. yes, he, he would be scoring over 100 runs every year, he, and he'd, he'd be stealing you know, 
we were making, you know, Bannister, Jeff Bannister was saying in uh, one of the little breakdowns the other day, he said, you know, our goal for him is to steal two bases a week. He says, you know, it doesn't sound like very much, does it? For a guy with his kind of speed, he's one of the fastest guys in baseball, two stolen bases a week. He said, that comes out to 52 stolen bases. And if you just said, if a guy was going to get 50 stolen bases in today's game, which people don't run like they used to, um, people question whether you should. I, I think it's a good thing myself. But at any rate, 52 stolen bases, that's a lot. Uh, so I, I think he can really add something. The, the, the downside of it is I, I think he's, he's certainly improved as a center fielder, but he's really got a minus arm out there, and teams are going to be running on him. And then that that's what makes this the next thing I'm going to bring up difficult, which is who's going to play left field. That's the, that's the question. Or what are they going to do out there? Are they going to have a, a platoon of Ryan Rua, who bats right-handed, and Drew Robinson, who's left-handed? You know, both those guys are – are bigger guys run well, pretty good arms, uh, and 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 pretty good outfielders, you know. Um, but or are they going to go with a guy who has more offensive potential and certainly the more intriguing player, and that's Willie Calhoun. Um, I, I think Willie Calhoun is ready to hit major league pitching. You know, he's got a short stroke, he's got power, uh, he can hit for average. The numbers he put up. Last year in AAA were phenomenal. He hit over 30 home runs, hit 300. He's just he's just a really, really good hitter. The problem is he, he can't field a lick. I mean, he's really struggled out here this spring. He's turned singles into triples and and just really struggles on, on his angles and his routes. And, and, you know, he's not very fast, and he's a little guy. And so he'll... So between him and Delino and center, this is one of the smallest, you know, of course, Nomar Mazar is a big guy out in right field, but he's not necessarily a very good outfielder either. He doesn't, he doesn't cover, he, does, he moves okay, but he doesn't cover a lot of ground. This could be potentially one of the worst outfields in baseball. And I think... If they're so short, anyway. if they're so short, could they win the Little League World Series? Could we get Danny Almonte uh, to, pitch, uh, uh. to pitch with them? I think you could... You could slip them in there. I'm, I'm going to tell you something. Now, Willie, Willie is not a very opposing-looking figure. I don't know if you've seen him. Uh, he wears those goofy you know, socks uh, out there on the field, which just makes him look even worse. And, of course, he's got his, got his hair bleached. I mean, he's got a real, he's got a real interesting look going on out there. Uh, but, you know, uh, he's a professional hitter. Uh, you know, there, there have been comparisons made. You know, uh, between a, a guy who used to play for the Twins, who, who also was a short, stocky guy, um, and, uh, and and Kirby was uh, a, a great uh, hitter and, and a Hall of Famer for for the Minnesota Twins. Now the difference is is that that he was a great, great center fielder, uh, and that is not Willie at all. Uh, it, it's really a shame that that this is a young guy that really his best position would be DH. And you hate to put a young guy DH, and you can't do that here because that's Shin Chu's position. You know they've got no place to put him. So this is the problem for me with the Rangers is that they um, this is a year that's going to, they're going to be in a transition phase, and they should be finding out about young people. And I don't know how much they're going to find out about anybody new. They're going to develop these guys who would have played anyway, like I, as I said in the, in Mazzara and Gallo and, and Odor. Uh, but they're not going to really find out about anybody else. Kevin, can I interrupt you for a second with breaking news, something I rarely yep. ever do is break news? Uh, yep. Willie Calhoun has been uh, optioned to the to Round Rock. 
Is that right? Yeah. Okay, well, I guess that's so much for that story. And yeah. It's interesting that they decided to do that. I, I really think the reason they decided to do that was uh, he's got nothing to prove offensively. He's not going to be. He's not going to gain anything from going down there and hitting. What they what they're going to what they're wanting to do is go down there and play left field and and just improve himself defensively. My my expectation is that what will happen with this is that he'll go down. And uh, they will go with, this means they'll go with that platoon of Robinson and Rua in left field. And then they'll give that six weeks. And in that six weeks, if Rua and Robinson are not producing offensively and Willie's doing well offensively, then they'll bring Willie up. And then, that, then we'll, we'll see how that goes. But I, I think they, that uh, the, the other day, Drew Robinson made some nice plays in left field. And actually, Rua, made, who's never played right field, uh, made an excellent play on the ball in the gap and threw out a, uh, a guy trying to stretch it into a double. So, uh, and he's having a pretty good spring. So, uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. If Delano De Shields was a better, if he was a outstanding center fielder, do you think Willie Calhoun would have been the starting day, opening day left fielder? Well, I, you know, or is he so bad that 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 right. Yeah, it's it's that's a good question. I, I think it's possible that he could could have made. I think though, uh, you know what Willie has done out here in the outfield is, as I said, he's turned a couple of, uh, of singles into triples. You know, he's diving for a ball. He, he's he's making effort out there. I don't. It's not like he's a lazy outfielder. He just doesn't really get it yet. I'm. You know, if I were them, I'd just tell him, I don't want you diving for anything. I want you just to go. Get the ball and pick it up, okay, uh, and and make sure you just hold these guys to singles instead of triples. I, I think that uh, they feel like that, you know, with this pitching staff, uh, is going to need all the help it can get, and they, they need a little it. more. Yeah. yeah, they can't afford to have a guy out there who's going to be doing stuff like that. And and you know, part of it too is that look, do you really want to put Willie out there and let him embarrass himself, and how's that going to impact him? You know, if he's if he's uh, getting abused out there in left field, then uh, might that affect him at the plate? And you, and you don't want to ruin the kid. I mean, I, as I said, you know, uh, uh, if you look on if you look on a lot of these charts that uh, they 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 put out there, and Baseball America does in the top 100 prospects, he's pretty high up there. And for a guy who's a one-way player, uh, there aren't very many of those in baseball who get that kind of rating and you're and you're only a one-way player uh baseball is moving away from that if you look at the better teams in baseball and look at the astros then they have a tremendous outfield those guys are big fast uh they're terrific defensively they're good hitters uh the the red Sox uh are just great defensively in the outfield and they're, and they're also very good hitters uh there are very few organizations that are successful now that that can afford to have this kind of team, it's a little bit disconcerting for the Rangers to me. Is that so? You're building your part of your future around these guys who really can't play defense, uh, or at least can't play it at a top flight level. Uh, but they do bring so much to the table, and like Delano and Willie both offensively, that on a team that's not very good otherwise, uh, just going to become an also ran. You can't ignore that. Well, that's they're not doing it because they want to do it. Obviously, Kev, they're just doing it because that's what they got, 
right? I mean, no, absolutely. There's no question. Well, you know, uh, they could they could do different things. I mean, I don't know why. You know, I, when I watched Ryan Rua play, he played left field. He plays it well. He runs well. He played right field well. I, you know, I don't know why they don't try him in center. You know, that's the big issue here. They don't have a center fielder. Well, he throws well. He runs well. What's what's the issue with him playing center field? That you know, really, of the three positions. To me, center field is always the easiest because you get a ball hit to center field, it doesn't have the tail on it that a ball does in left field and in right field, which is the most difficult thing, you know. In center field, you just want a guy who's going to who has a lot of range, you know, a guy who can really run. Well, Ryan Rua runs well, so uh, that would that would mean to me would simplify things. You put Rua in center, and then you put Delino in left. You know, then then Delano's uh, the lack of the arm doesn't bother you nearly as much as it does when in center field. And, but you know, and Robinson can play center field too, right? Obviously. Well, supposedly, you know, he's real. He was really an infielder, and and uh, and they tried and they kind of made him into center field just because he's a good athlete. And uh, he made a nice. He did a really nice job the other day, and a couple of nice catches in left field. Uh, so I I, I think that watching things like that. You know, they always tell you here, oh, we don't make too many decisions, and we don't let too much of what happens in spring training dictate what we do. I think for the most part that's true. Certainly that's the case with, with older players. Uh, you go on their track records, and you just then you just make sure that they're healthy in the spring. But it does – but with younger guys, they can make an impression like that. If they, they do something right or they do something wrong, I think it does, uh, it does have an impact on them. So, yeah, you're right. They don't have a lot that they can – they can. They don't have a lot of options uh, in the outfield. Those guys, like as I mentioned, uh, it was interesting to me that, that the other day on one of these back lots uh, when Matt Moore was pitching, the first guy he faced was, was Leody Tavares, who is their number one prospect. He's a he's considered a tremendous center fielder and a guy with some. Real, you know, he's a, they consider him a five tool player, a guy who, who could be a real star, and uh, and he he tripled off Matt Moore. Which either says a lot about you know Leoti Tavares or a lot about Matt Moore. I'm not sure which yet, but but we'll see. Kevin, we we've got to wrap up here. We've got, as you know, we've got lunch to go to. Um, hopefully, oh, hopefully, where, David, where you guys but, go? But, but wait a minute, I want to ask you a question. I've never been, Daddy. You you all in uh, Arizona? You did not move the clocks the other night, right? You're two hours no, different. The people here are very are, are extremely backwards, and they <laughs> they refuse. To move the clock, I you know here's the thing I don't understand about that. What's the big deal about moving the clock? Why can't you just get along with the rest of the country and just you know go along to get along? What, what, what's wrong with what, that? What, what, why don't they move the clock? Why don't they spring I, I ahead? Because, I think it's because there's so many old people out here. They were afraid they couldn't get the message around to everybody <laughs> to uh, to do that, and they wouldn't do it. You know, we we we've, we've decided that we. So are, you're talking we, about people we, who are two and three years older than you, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. There's no question about that. No question about that. But yeah, these are uh, no. We we are we we moved into a different house this year. Evan actually found us a house that wasn't on fire uh, this year, so that was really good. And uh, so that was that was on the east side of town, and so now we're on the west side. So we're calling ourselves the the the, the east side boys. Uh, we've made up our own gang. We've got a, our own gang sign and everything. Oh so we've been gosh. we've been driving around at ten o'clock at night when all these people are already in bed uh, <laughs> asleep, and then the, you know like honking horns and doing stuff like that. It's, uh, it's been really it's been really fun. I like coming to a place like this. It makes me feel tough. 
It makes you feel tough and young. <laughs> I'm not huh? play like this. Yeah. Wow. Well, thanks for being with us today. Will you be back in Dallas? Ne- don't run. You don't have to rush back. You don't have to rush back for a podcast next week because I think uh, David has done it more than an admirable job, maybe a superior do- job. So don't rush back. Well, I, I have no, I, I have no doubt that, that David did a superior job. It's the job that you're doing. Uh, that's why I'm not worried at all about my spot in the podcast. I can, I can fall down at least one spot, and it wouldn't do me any any harm at all. So yes, I will. To your question, I will be back. I'm. I'm uh, flying back uh, on Wednesday, as a matter of fact. Is, and will Evan be joining us in the studio next week, or is, or is he actually working next week? They're still no, he's there, actually right? covering the team. Yeah, he's actually covering the team. Uh, so Jerry Fraley, Jerry Fraley, uh, the fine Jerry Fraley, who does such a wonderful job on baseball and, and a big help to me, uh, he will be back. He's flying back today, as a matter of fact. Oh, he's okay. been out here with, with Evan for three weeks, and uh, so he'll be flying back today. I'll be back tomorrow. Then Evan will be all by himself, and Lord knows what he does in that house when he's all in there all by himself. So they they allow the three of you to be in the same house at the same time. There's no there's no yeah. designated survivor. There, there is not, and I, I would I would like to point out though that when the other columnist was out here, uh, uh, Mr. Cow, we, we have to go now. <laughs> Bye, Kevin. Thanks so much for being our guest. <laughs> Oh, go you ahead. You don't want me to talk about the fact that he stayed at the Marriott? He had a hotel? In the house with the rest of us? Oh, yeah. He gosh. stayed in the Marriott. He stayed in the Marriott. The rest of us stayed in the house. You know, we're all in there. We're singing Kumbaya and we're roasting marshmallows and, and having just really developing a bond, a sports day bond. You know, we, 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 got, we got matching tattoos and everything. But and in fairness, you really wouldn't want Tim there. Well, well, there you go. Hey, hey, listen, has anybody seen Tim lately? I, I tell you, I was watching around the horn yesterday, and there was this really gaunt old guy who was uh, who said he was from Dallas. Soda looking guy. Sure who he was? Yeah, so he's lost forty two pounds. Wow. Forty two pounds. If I lost forty two pounds, I'd be a, I'd be your weight, Kevin. I'd, no, I'd be a spe- no way. I'd be a svelte. <laughs> One seventy five. <laughs> he did. He did look a little bit like the kid in Big when he had the jacket on. He <laughs> <laughs> yes, did kind of have that look a little bit. No, no. I'm sure that was part of the deal. That Tim, Tim was afraid if he came and stayed in the house with everybody. That you know he'd be eating all the be all the stuff that yeah that uh, all the all the Cheetos that Evan keeps out on. Well, what on the do you guys have? Let me ask this question. What do you guys have in the refrigerator? You know, really, uh, to be to be honest with, you, there's a there's a lot of pretty healthy stuff in there because uh, Jerry Franley has is eating a very healthy diet these days, and uh, so there was there was some other junk in there as well. I'm going to say that I probably put on a couple pounds uh, wheat germ, a lot of wheat germ in there. Yeah, a lot of wheat germ. There's a lot of germs in there. I can tell you that, <laughs> but not, not, I don't know how many how many of them are wheat. <laughs> All right, well, well, we'll wrap this up. I just want to remind you, Kevin, that uh, when you come back and you want to listen to the other podcasts, we had Chuck Cooperstein on talking about the NCAA tournament and what players to look for to watch. People here, Maverick fans, should watch in hopes that maybe they, uh, they arrive here, they show up here. It was a brilliant opening question by David Moore that set the tone, <laughs> something we haven't had in a long time around here. And, of course, David was the guest uh, he was the host and the host slash guest on the on the Cowboy podcast, which was 
uh, very entertaining and very informative. And then we had you. Did you, did you ask your own? Did you ask and answer? I the asked myself. David? Yes. He, he he slipped me questions so I could ask. I argued with myself. I had, I had first, his first question. I wanted to ask is, David, what sets you apart from all the other beat writers? That was it was it was unbelievable. But it, but but anyway, Kevin, thanks for being with us. We look forward to having you back next week. Travel safe. And uh, for David Moore, you want to say goodbye, David? Goodbye, everyone, and thank you so much for this opportunity. It's so meaningful. Okay. You read that well. <laughs> Kevin, you want to say goodbye? I did. Listen, I just want to say, uh, can I sing a song? Sure. <laughs> Please. No, no. I, it, it was great to be on here. You know, it's great to look out. I'm sitting down here by a field. Oh, and by the way, one last little news update. I'm out here looking at this beautiful green field right beautiful grass natural it grows in the sunshine they are still not sure in this in this new stadium they're building over there right next to the other new stadium or the formerly new stadium in the ballpark they're still not sure they're going to have real grass in it that's old news kevin i know it, but it's just i mean that's the latest update i'm just i'm just stunned by these developments it'll be it'll be i'll i'll say this right now if they don't have real grass in there i'm never going out there Wow. wow, that's a threat. Nobody's nobody's uh, taking seriously. Nobody, nobody, I'll pay attention to that. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, See so, you boys. so Kevin, thanks for See being you. with us. Say hi to Evan for us, who has been working the whole time. You've been goofing off with us. Uh, for David Moore, I'm Barry Horn. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to the Rangers Ballsy Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see ya.